This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. Welcome to this episode of Alopecia Life. Today's guest is Summer Yang. When Summer developed alopecia in kindergarten, she also met one of her best friends. Years later, when they were both experiencing hair loss, one from alopecia and the other from leukemia, their friendship became even stronger from their shared experiences. Summer is here today to share about her alopecia, along with the Student Visionaries of the Year campaign to support the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Summer, welcome to Alopecia Life today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this is an exciting time for you. And I would love to hear and have you share with listeners who you are and what's going on in your life. So my name is Summer and I'm currently a sophomore in high school. Right now I'm preparing for a fundraising campaign for LLS, which is the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And I got into that because my best friend since kindergarten actually was diagnosed with lymphoma in seventh grade, and I got to connect with her through her chemotherapy with a bald head because during seventh grade, I actually had alopecia totalis, and we could really connect over that, and I gave her lots of advice about how to wear wigs and where to get them. And it was definitely a hard time. Mm -hmm. For both of you, right? Definitely. Yeah, it was nice that you guys had each other that lean on for sure. Let's talk about your your alopecia story. When were you diagnosed? I was actually diagnosed when I was four years old. So I came home from school one day and my mom was looking through my head and then she actually found about a quarter size of a bald spot on the top of my head. And at that time, we had no idea what it was because it never appeared in any of our friends' lives or any of her relatives. So she had no idea what it was. And she took me to the hospital and I was actually diagnosed with alopecia areata then. And that's when my life story about alopecia started. Wow. That's kind of, I mean, was I haven't talked to your mom about this. I could, but I think you can tell me was... I mean, was it dramatic? Did she like see the spot and you guys like hightailed it to the hospital? Or was it like, okay, we're going to go to the, let's talk about this. Let's go to the ER. Or how did that work out? Do you remember? I mean, I know you're four years old, so, you know. I think it was more a calm experience as we weren't really aware of it, though. We did go to the hospital. And when she found out what I had, it was really hard for her because seeing her four-year-old daughter have a bald spot and starting to lose hair at that young of an age is really hard for her. And as a four-year-old, I had no care for the world. In kindergarten, I would always walk around. I didn't, I wasn't really aware of the seriousness behind it. And 
I do remember she tells me stories that I came home from kindergarten one day and I told her that people said I had cancer actually back then and I got really scared but Mm. she just told me it was just alopecia a lot of people go through this it's more normal than you think I've definitely had a lot of ups and downs with my relationship with alopecia but it's definitely grown much stronger now I think that that is so incredibly healthy right just to have your mom just say that to you and even though it kind of caught you by surprise to hear that people thought you had cancer, which is mm-hmm. kind of a a word that four-year-olds don't understand. They Definitely. they might have a, a little bit of understanding, but the, you know, the reassurance from your mom saying, no, this is what it is. And it's quite common. And I think that that's really great because it makes you feel like you're not alone and you absolutely aren't. Yeah. She's definitely my biggest support system going through this entire experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you say that a lot, saying your family is really your biggest support system. And that really speaks volumes about where you are today with it, because now you're a sophomore in high school. And that's, I mean, are we saying maybe 10 years ago was when you were diagnosed? 10, 11? About 11 years. 11 years. Okay. Yeah. And what else do you think really impacted you in those early days to become more comfortable with having alopecia? Definitely the people that I surrounded myself with. Back in sixth grade was a really insecure time for me because during winter break, I had actually lost my hair through um, lice because of the delicate Mm -hmm. hair and the really, really thin brush. And that was definitely a really hard period of time for me because I was bald at the time and I was very scared about what other people would think. Mm -hmm. But then I had a really, really strong support system and lots of friends who would always back me up and always give me reassurance that it was all right. And I guess over the years since sixth grade, I've grown more comfortable with myself. I've grown more confidence and I really want to show other girls that it's all right. Hair doesn't define you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's really sounds like when you were helping your friend in seventh grade, that by helping her, you were also helping yourself. Yeah. It's, it was great to actually have someone to connect with over that because I didn't really have anyone in my life that actually had alopecia or knew what it felt like to not have hair. Mm -hmm. So it was really a special experience for me and it definitely drew us closer. Yeah. And you guys are still friends to this day, right? We are. Yeah. That's awesome. And we're happy that she's in remission too. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your hair growth journey because that's kind of been more recent, hasn't it? Definitely. So I remember that I lost some of my hair in elementary, then I grew it back, then I lost it again, then I grew it back, then Mm -hmm. it lost all again seventh grade. And in seventh grade, I actually met my quote unquote hair doctor, (laughs) but we kind of call him a voodoo doctor because of the way his methods are used to help me with my hair. He kind of holds my hand in a fist and kind of moves it up and down. And then he finds out what's wrong with my body and gives me herbal medicines to take and go on a specific diet to avoid these certain foods. 
And it took me a very hard time to actually follow the process of the diet because he told me don't eat basically all of my favorite foods. But when I finally followed the diet, I could see lots of hair growth and I'm practically a full head right now. Just a few bald spots around, but it's definitely grown since seventh yeah. grade. Since seventh grade. That's how long you've been doing it then? Yeah. Okay. So what are some of your favorite foods then that you had to give up? I had to give up ramen, my absolute favorite food. I actually haven't had it in about eight to nine months. And it's definitely been really hard for me. He also told me to give up lots of sugar. Mm-hmm. I could not have any sugar and boba is definitely one of my favorites. I had to give that up as well. Yeah. Have you found some alternatives that work for you? Yes, I have. I've grown to eat more potatoes now and I definitely have a love for certain vegetables. So I've started eating that as well. He actually started telling me I can't have any more white rice, but I have found alternatives in um, purple rice and brown rice. So it's been pretty good. Good. That's good. It's nice to have alternatives for sure. So you don't feel like you're missing out. That's a yeah. positive. Yeah. So let's talk about your YouTube channel. I was checking it out a little bit before our interview and love to have you share with listeners a little bit more about that. So I've actually been part of a Mandarin immersion program since kindergarten. And I've been in that since kindergarten through eighth grade. And then high school, I stopped because I took the AP Chinese test in freshman year and I ended up with a five. So I'm really proud of that. Through the pandemic, I actually grew a love and passion for Chinese dramas because during that time, I couldn't go out and see anybody. And basically, the TV became my best friend. Mm -hmm. And it was a way to learn my own language. And I could connect with all those different characters, all those life stories that I learned. And I just watched so many that I decided, why not start a YouTube channel? And through that, I made lots of suggestion lists for Korean dramas as well. And I've also made a few videos about teaching other people some Chinese phrases, just a passion for learning new languages. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know that both of us totally realize the importance of being represented, right? As Mm -hmm. far as in the media. And do you find that you know of many Asians who also have alopecia that are kind of in the limelight? Actually, for Asians, I don't really know too many. But there was actually a journalist named Tracy, Tracy Lee that I met. Yeah, Tracy. You know her. I do, yeah. My mom actually connected with her and we got to speak with her because we both share a connection with alopecia. And that was actually truly inspiring to see someone that's, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you. That's awesome. I'm glad that you guys connected. and And having that in common is just such a big piece of alopecia, but also culture. It's so important to see that. Did you have books and things like that when you were a little bit younger that had characters with alopecia? Or what kind of representation with alopecia did you see in the media? There was this book about a girl that actually had alopecia. Mm -hmm. And she 
entered a new town in a new school where nobody really knew her, and she wore a wig. And she met these new characters, and she kind of made a life for herself there. And then when some of the people found out that she was actually bald, she got scared, but actually learned that there are actually people supporting you and won't judge you. So in that book, she changed her wig, and when she went back to school, she found that people thought it was really cool, and it's not something that should be hidden. No one will judge you. You're just being yourself, and hair really doesn't define you.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of how your life has unfolded, right? I mean, we're not saying that there's no difficulties and there's no, you know,、mm-hmm. lack of self confidence at times, but that seems to be a really An experience that has you've emulated in your own life. Yeah, unknowingly, I feel like that book actually affected me in more ways than I could imagine. Yeah, what other ways? It basically gave me lots of self confidence to look at things in life because things aren't always what you see. There's lots of story behind everyone's character. And you really don't know what someone else is going through, so it's shaped my character to be more confident as well as aware of other people, and just become a better person in general. I love hearing that, and I I think that yeah, any growth we can have from actually that that's a lot of maturity. I just heard there from you <laughs> saying you know when you look at other people and that and knowing that there's a story behind everything. Really, we don't we we definitely don't know what we think we know when we look at someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah super mature. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah, and I'd love to talk about your fundraiser that's coming up in the co- next coming months.、Mm-hmm. Um. So basically, I got nominated to become a candidate for Student Visionaries of the Year. That fundraising campaign for LS, which is the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So I really committed myself to that because of my friend that I spoke of earlier. She has actually been a huge support system for me throughout the years, and I finally want to give back to her as well as give back to the community. Um, through lots of chemotherapy, I saw my friend stay in the hospital for the rest of seventh grade. She disappeared one night, and then she was in the hospital the next day and for the rest of the year. And I saw how much of her life was sort of taken away from her. All of those opportunities were taken, and she couldn't experience seventh grade. And then the pandemic happened,、mm-hmm. but. Our message and what we want to do with LLS is we want to give those people that lost those opportunities another chance. So that that's why our team is actually called Team Another Chance, so that we fundraise for research, so that we can heal those people and they can have another chance as what they missed to do. And we really want to give that back to them. That's awesome. And what would that look like? I mean, you said that it would go towards research, but are you also、um, providing experiences? I mean, this can happen to adults as well. Is this mostly for pediatrics, or is this kind of a mix of kids and adults? 
I think this is more of a mix for kids as it is more focused on um, leukemia lymphoma and the Hodgkin's disease. But we definitely want to support more than that, the entire cancer community. That's incredible. And when people are wanting to find out more about this, where can they go to find out that information? Go to the LLS website um, and then go to the Student Visionaries of the Year and kind of read about that and read about LLS's mission. As I remember when they did a presentation, they stated once their fundraising research started, about 80 to 90 percent of those people actually healed, increased by 80 to 90 percent. So that was amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. So yeah, when people are looking for that, I will have the the link in the notes in the show notes. And then what other ways can they reach out to you if they have any questions? I have an LLS email that they can ask me any questions at. It's summeryang.lls at gmail.com. And I'll also have that in the show notes as well. And is there anything else you'd like to add before we go today? I just wanted to add that Through my experience, I just want to tell other people that have alopecia that it's all an experience and there's so much more in the world than just alopecia and hair does not define you. You can be confident, you can be yourself, you are perfect just the way you are. Thank you. Those messages are always so appreciated in the alopecia community and beyond for sure. Well, thanks so much for being with us, Summer, and I look forward to hearing how your fundraiser goes. Yeah, as well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sharing your time with Summer and me today. For those who would like to support the campaign or reach out to Summer with questions directly, those links can be found here in the show notes. It's awesome to see how much time, energy, and passion she has put into this, and I know she will appreciate hearing from you. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and is meant for general information purposes only. If you are enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review for Alopecia Life wherever you download and listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to alopecialife.com to find out more information on courses, coaching, and a ton of free resources.